0: What's up there, Mets fans? Welcome back to Orange and Blue Things, Season 3, Episode 9, out here on Long Island. I am Darren Mean, and that is Pete McCarthy. What's up, Pete?
1: What's going on? I didn't get the memo that we were going sleeveless show today. Hey, Do we- you know... Do we have some scissors? Can I, can I do some work on this? Or maybe I'll roll them up at least.
0: Listen, we got some jerseys to sell. If you're not watching live, you're missing the gun show tonight, folks. Uh, oh, Lizzie's yeah. back there in her tank top as well. How you doing, Lizzie?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing some push-ups before the show? Hell no. <laughs> Darren
1: was actually doing pull-ups. He's trying to get a little little swole going. You it's know, almost there. That that Mets that Mets tattoo is popping a little bit more now.
0: Yeah, Mr. Mets looking a little chubby on my arm. I gotta I gotta buffing it up a little bit. But yeah, the the jerseys out on Monday and I saw some reactions they said wow I really like that jersey but I'm not I'm not buff enough and I actually said it was McFadden actually Pete McFadden mm-hmm. I'm like listen dude uh it's a pre-sale so if you start doing push-ups now by the time they come you might be in shape <laughs> there you go so anyway do it Pete <laughs> what's been going on Mr. McCarthy
1: it's living life baby you know watching watching these Mets it's been not so great let me ask this you a question week? my gosh
0: Tuesday Tuesday night game four Islanders uh-huh after that eight-run first inning, oh yeah, we'll get that in a little it bit. It was actually pretty convenient. Did you just turn it off and turn on the Islanders game, or it, it what?
1: was a nice thing for me? Do you have two TVs. If you know, I don't. Uh, if you know my background, I was you know talking Mets every night on the radio. So when they would have one of those games where they're getting blown out, I had to stay there, watch the rest of the game, talk about it afterwards. Like you're kind of trapped. There's no walking away. It was kind of nice to be like, yo, I'm going to watch some Islanders hockey. I don't have to worry about the Mets. We'll check out the post-game show and hear what they have to say about this disaster afterwards. But I'm not obligated to keep going here.
0: Not that we have to turn this into an intro here just about the Islanders, but we did say uh, before the season started, I was told by a lot of people that the Islanders were supposed to suck this year, and they just <laughs> swept the Penguins. And you were saying the only thing that's changed from last year to this year is the the coach. And so, the general manager. And the GM. It's just so,
1: amazing how – poorly run this team was in the past and you know they lose John Tavares their franchise player and somehow come out better on the other end I mean it's amazing I couldn't believe that they had the regular season they had and then the sweep yeah the Pittsburgh Penguins and to make Sidney Crosby look impotent uh, that was that was awesome. I'm gonna, the other
0: orange and blue thing. I'm yeah. gonna try to get out there to uh, Barclays. Do you call it Barclays or Barclays? I hear Barclays a lot, but I always call it Barclays. Well, the orange and blue, ar- the blue and orange army. I'm gonna try to make it out to some games. I Think that's gonna be a lot of fun. But this Sunday night was also Game of Thrones episode one of the season, or what is it? Did they call it the last Hell season.
1: Yeah, yeah. It Did the, it suck
0: or what?
2: The. Um,
1: it was a setup episode, I guess, but
2: nothing happened. Nothing happened, and there was no like real news introduced uh it was fun that like all the families came and and you know like aria or john whatever whatever but then there was a lot of like cgi with like them riding the dragons and yeah. stuff and we we're all like what is this cheese but it was it had it was no fun. point
1: either really yeah. I, I think know. the first episode such of- a great cliffhanger and then it, it just like, didn't go there well, at all
2: and so i feel like the rest of the season's going to be like ah yes. you know like heart-wrenching shit but but this I used to look forward to Sunday great. nights
0: with Walking Dead, but they, you know, they shit the bed a couple years ago. But anyway, speaking <laughs> of Game of Thrones, we are giving away this. This is my favorite bobble that we're giving away so far from Forever Collectibles. Folkco.com, F-O-C-O.com. If you don't win this tonight, you can go to the website yeah. and buy it. It's 60 bucks if you have to pay. If you share the show right now, you might win it for free, though. So if you're watching on Facebook, click the share button. If you're watching... On Periscope, click the little retweet button, and you'll be put in the running to win. If you go to FOCO.com, you can see all the different offerings for the Game of Thrones, Mets, mashups we've been giving away the past couple weeks. I don't know if we're going to ac- actually get any of these other cool ones, but this I is want our, them all. our third week giving them <laughs> away. Uh, definitely head on over to the site and check out all the oh different my God, options. It's Ghost. Ghost. I don't know what that means. Oh, I want it. I don't know. This one's really cool, though. So if you don't win, go to FOCO, FOCO.com. And if you use the promo code MLBGOT10, you'll get 10% off your order if you order two or more of these special Game of Thrones bobbleheads. Shout out to you guys. FOCO is awesome. And uh, I want to keep this one. They, they were supposed to send three. One was supposed to stay here. They only sent two.
2: I'll stab you with my pen. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that if, wasn't the deal.
0: Well, this <laughs> one I'm keeping. You're keeping the other ones. I'm sorry. I love Mr. Met. But
2: you don't here. even know what it means.
0: It's a cool chair. You
2: don't even know what he's sitting <laughs> what on. What's the on the,
0: the Iron Throne? Oh, oh I'm gonna we go. Ke- is that what it's oh. called? I'm
2: going to throw my pen at you right now. Is that now. what it's called? <laughs> no.
0: What's it called? Is it not the Iron Throne? Yes, it pen? is. is it oh, oh. oh, okay. Hell, hit the bell. I'm right. All right. Anyway. Reluctantly. Um, I, I need a beer. I even said to Lizzie before this this show started, the Mets have been playing so poorly. All right, and fine. I'm getting a beer. We have so many horrible things. Not horrible, but... Not great things to talk about. This might be a two-beer night. So There we go. Cheers. Cheers. Pete, cheers, Lizzie. She's getting a beer. Our fridge is freaking stocked.
1: I saw that. Thanks
0: to McKellar. I, and I saw that you had the good stuff back in there. Oh, everything's back in there. United with Cheers, Post yeah. No Pills. I'm on the proper pint, which they told me is very similar to the Sally Silk, which I've been raving about recently. I'm drinking one of our beers. One of our beers, which are going to be back in stock very soon. So head on over to mckellernyc.com uh, hit the little delivery button on the top and you can browse all the different options that they have for their delivery service it's called beer here and they deliver right to your doorstep if you are within the five boroughs and they are unrolling the service soon to long island so if you live out in nassau county then eventually suffolk you can order and get beer delivered to your house it's unbelievable it's great it's delicious and you should definitely partake. So, McKellarNYC.com. The promo code is T7L20. That'll get you 20% off of your order for the delivery. And a lot of people were getting smart with this. They were ordering the beers, and they don't live in the service area. They were getting it delivered to their offices in, in the city, wherever you may live, mm. may work in Manhattan, and uh, maybe crack a beer during uh, lunch or at your desk,
1: whatever you can get away with. You know, <laughs> sometimes you gotta you, you gotta re recharge those batteries a little bit. We're gonna be doing the show for McKeller. Oh in yeah, May. we talked
0: we'll about that last at uh, last week. So May twenty third, it's a noon game, I believe. It's the fourth game of the series against the Nationals. So we're gonna have our show after that from the brewery. We're talking about maybe bringing in some guests. It's gonna be a fun time, and we definitely encourage you guys to come and watch the show after the game. If you can't make the game because you are at work, just maybe take the seven, pop on over for the little post game party. We're gonna have it McKeller. So, um, some unfortunate news came out on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night, the uh, the SNY broadcast down from Atlanta. Ron and um, Gary were in the booth, and and they talked about. It. I think it was the third inning. Ron said, "You know, he hasn't been feeling great lately, and doctors found a mass in his chest that had to be removed. And surgery was a couple days ago. And Gary said on Monday that that uh, Ron was home resting comfor- comfortably, and um, actually reached out to Ron just. I wrote him oh, an you email. You had him on the show. You had a him on, yeah, show. a couple weeks ago, he was on the show, and um, you know, I said, yeah, you, you know, your support system is probably so strong. But if you need anything from us, you know, from the fans or us specifically, uh, I'm sure you don't. But if you do, don't hesitate to reach out. And he and he said he's he's uh, feeling a lot better today. So hopefully, yeah. that's a sign of of uh, great things for Ron. And we hope to see him back on SNY soon enough. I yeah, they know. said hopefully it's, uh, it's a, month. a month, and yeah.
1: and he could be right back. So it, it seems like the surgery was successful. So. And hopefully we see him back out there, and it's a speedy recovery for Ron. And I'm sure every Mets fan, you know, feeling that, missing him on the broadcast already.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, give us a call if you want to chat 631-388-5095. Lizzie was texting over there. Someone no, I
2: wasn't. I was tweeting well, a photo of my fabulous beer.
0: Guess what, Lizzie? I can see that when people are calling, I know, I and you just missed a call. So sorry. Uh, give us a shout if you want to talk, <laughs> and uh, retweet and share if you want. The bobble. So,
1: And I bet people want to call today because... Got events.
0: It's been a long week. It's a little therapy session we're going to have tonight.
1: <laughs> what is going on? And they did have a loss four out of five after the hot start. And to me, the game that they won was actually the most infuriating game, as odd as that is. And that's where they won an extra innings in Philadelphia, but... You're asking yourself the eighth inning when Jairus Familia loads the bases. Where is Edwin Diaz? You went out. You made this trade for an all-star closer. You gave up one of your top prospects to Jared Kelnick. And Diaz is nowhere to be seen. And Sega Selman comes in, gives it up. And ultimately, Diaz comes in in the 11th inning and strikes out the side. It's unfreaking believable yeah. And then you hear afterwards from Mickey Callaway, well, we see him as a 3 aisle pitcher. And Brody Van Wagenen backs him up. That's not Callaway's decision. It's an organizational decision. And why did you give up all this for this pitcher if you're going to use him in a traditional way and just say, hey, we got a three-run lead in the ninth inning. Let's have Edwin Diaz in to rack up the saves. No, you want to use him in the biggest spots in the game. The fact they didn't go to him in that eighth inning and that this is going to be the norm all year. It's infuriating. They also
0: said something like, "They're they're only going to use him in that in that circumstance. He's never going to come in for four outs. He's never going to come in when the game is tied on the road." Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely disappointing to hear. But you know, Mickey's just just uh, the bottom of the totem pole. Well, on yeah, this. he's, he's just- the middle
1: guy here. But you know, he wasn't exactly perfect that game. where he has Travis Darno pinch hitting so he could bunt. Why waste him when you could throw a starting pitcher up there? And Mickey's answer after the game was, "Well, if the pitcher gets into a two strike count, we can't bunt anymore. We don't want to have him hitting. Well, if it's a pitcher, you're not wasting right, anything. Right. Have him go up, try to bunt. If you get to two strikes, I know this isn't normal, but you could throw Darno in at that point. Right, if right. that's where you're looking, but you could potentially save a position player so that you have someone to pinch hit later. Like there's just little bizarre things that feel like Mickey." Doesn't take advantage of. And I'm telling you, the wiggle room is not going to be large here for Mickey Calloway. They have Jim Regleman who's been an interim manager in the past. And considering how quickly things went off the rails last year, if this team starts sliding in the wrong direction, if you're Mets brass... Why would you have that confidence that Mickey Calloway can pull the team out of it when he didn't do that last year? Remember, he was hired by Sandy Alderson, not Brody Van Wagenen.
0: Yeah. What I did like about the, the postgame, uh, I guess they call it the postgame press conference or whatever, the interview, when the when the press has their opportunity to speak with Mickey they didn't let him off the hook too easy after that game. Oh, no, he got grilled. Yeah, which I like because usually it's a couple questions, a couple minutes, and it's done. That was like eight, nine, ten minutes of them asking questions. Well, it
1: was, a, it was a wild decision. I mean, he, everybody's talking about what happened in that eighth inning even after the Mets won the game. Forget about it, They lost the game. Yeah, What kind of conversation that would have been. And obviously, all of his answers just added – more questions did right he, now edwin diaz is in this role that we hadn't heard about that edwin diaz hadn't heard about when he was talked to about it yeah uh, so you know again it, it's it's kind did of you hear him
0: reply SOS. to one of, well in baseball this is he started getting like a little condescending he's like well this is how we works." like he was almost We've trying to a times teach the them how to ask their questions because you know he's the manager and he shouldn't be he loved one questions. question
1: the whole thing uh, about uh avalon coming in and getting some outs that's a great question he said at the front and the end uh, the answer just because it wasn't one of those he's getting grilled over uh who we we went to in those spots well listen that's part of being a manager in new york you have to explain what you do right yeah. aaron boone is taking heat for the injuries with the yankees and yeah it's relinquished a little bit they swept the red sox this week but You know, they they want to see some, fans want to see some fire, some emotion that you're doing something to try to fix stuff, even if your whole team's hurt, as is the case with the Yankees, it was for the Mets last year. I mean, you're going to be questioned for what you're doing. That goes with the territory. And guys always say they understand that, but they don't always like it when they're in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, well, we had him on the show last year, and he said he always want he wants to be held accountable, and he wants to always have an answer of why he's doing X, Y, Z. But as a fan, I mean, everyone kind of had the same reaction when he's pulling the moves that he did on, uh, you know, at, during the game about why, just like you like you pointed out, the bunting situation or mm-hmm. the or the no four out uh, save opportunity, uh, you know, opportunity for Diaz there. But how long is this leash? Like, how much longer do you think if things go south, Mets hit five hundred, then they're under five hundred, and whatever if is it a month? Is it a week? Like, Yeah, I don't
1: think it's a terribly long leash. You know, he's, listen, he's not on the hot seat right now. He's not a five-game losing streak away from being fired at the moment. But I do think if you get to June and things are feeling similar to last year where, hey, they had a hot start, you feel good about this team, and it's not lasting, that's an issue. The other thing I would say is an issue for Mickey Calloway. What's his background? He's a pitching background, right, right? right? He was a tremendous pitching coach with the Cleveland Indians. These are the and- spots you'd expect him to shine. You would expect that, but you look at this Mets team right now, they're hitting, they're averaging almost six runs a game, they can't get anybody out, and that goes in the rotation and the bullpen. They have the highest ERA in the NL East among starting pitchers, Uh second highest in the National League as a whole. Their bullpen is abominable, and at least beyond Edwin Diaz, so... That's supposed to be Mickey Calloway's money area. And I'm not saying this team isn't going to pitch eventually right now, but if you're just looking at the results, that's your big question mark, right? Like, we're all, we're not saying, oh, the Mets got to go out and trade for a hitter. We're saying the Mets got to go out and get Dallas Keuchel or Craig Kimbrell. That's been the conversation for a long time that they are short in the pitching staff. And unless, you know somebody's going to come out of nowhere in the minor leagues like a Chris Flexen we've already seen Corey Oswalt and save the day and rescue Jason Vargas in that fifth spot in the rotation and this is problematic they have to get Jarris Familia right yeah and that was what was it eight walks the other night he has eight walks in eight and a third innings this year nine walks in eight and a third innings this year so uh Jaris Familia has been problematic the walks have been ticking up for him over the years that think that the jig is up like teams know you don't have to swing at that sinker it's going to drop out of the strike zone and so they just go up there and take and eventually familias throw something straight and he's hittable when that's the case
0: well tuesday's game uh started off on the uh, on the wrong foot clearly eight runs no outs Ugh. for mats uh that inning would have went a lot differently had they not committed five errors so it wasn't all on mats yeah the defense
1: uh, has been bad too that's another thing that's been problematic I think worse than people would have expected uh, because they did try to upgrade it in second base with Cano you know Rosario developing at shortstop but Jeff McNeil's had a real tough time in left field uh, he's a th- I want to see him at third base and that he had some great plays in the extra inning win against the Phillies and the dude's hitting. he's hitting over 400 and it's going to bring up a really interesting problem when Jed Lowry does come back how do you take Jeff McNeil right out of this lineup with what he has done not only this year but going back to last
0: year? I was telling you I was dozing, I was dozing off on Tuesday night, and I don't know what inning it was, and McNeil had that great uh, diving play at uh, when he's playing third base. Yeah, Gary woke me him up that
1: night, but the, you Gary know, woke the next me up. you. Gotcha, he's yeah. like
0: McNeil, and I, was, I jumped <laughs> off the couch. Oh shit, the Mets game is still on. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very tough to take the bat out of this guy's hand. Uh, Matt Cerrone's already talking about a batting title. It's April, but he's already talking about a possible batting title. I mean, it's it's clearly too early to talk about that, but if you if he stays consistent for what he's doing now. We 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 almost thought that last year was a fluke. Like is this guy going to continue? Can he can he continue to do Well, a lot of people now? might have thought that.
1: I did not. I watched his bats last year. Dude can hit. You know, I I've never been big on the guys in the minor leagues, they just put up numbers all the way, and I, I discounted TJ Rivera before I saw him. I discounted Jeff McNeil before I saw him. In both of those guys' cases, they put up you know high batting averages down in the minor leagues. They didn't get opportunities. And both of them, when they come up, you watch them every day. These are ball players, And unfortunately, Rivera... Wasn't able to make, work his way back from Tommy John surgery, but Jeff McNeil is a player. I I loved him last year. It was the only thing that I thought was questionable at Lowry because Lowry's a really good player too. Yep. Uh Is what are you going to do with Jeff McNeil? And they're like, oh, we'll throw him out in left field. And you know, the Mets. You'd think they'd learn this lesson over the years. How many guys like, have they just thrown out in left field? Daniel Murphy, Lucas Duda, you name it. Like, oh yeah, you'll figure it out. Dom Smith. It ain't that easy. Yeah. Dom <laughs> yeah, Smith yeah. last year, and you know, uh, they tried Jose Reyes for like he played a center. split second yeah, yeah. center and left so uh yeah it's it's not as easy as it looks at mcneil i think we've we've seen a little bit of that and that's a position where you mess up it's not one base yeah you, know, you start having big innings when you have problems out there
0: next you know there's inside the park home run you know oh. you try some bonehead diving play and it's a you know it's a wrap um but yeah clearly you know i don't think that the mets maybe. Uh, expected that they were going to get the starts that they've been getting out of their out of their guys, and they they were maybe not banking on it, but Frazier was probably penciled in to be playing. You know, and clearly he got hurt. So same with Lowry. They haven't but missed Frazier. No, no, and now he's headed and to, to some
1: degree. They haven't missed Lowry,
0: and he's headed to Syracuse. It was like breaking news today. I was <laughs> telling you the uh, you're all over. I'm it. in this like Facebook group. It's called like True Mets Fans or something. I don't typically do any like uh, do any posting on there, but I see the stuff that the people write, and someone. Was I guess down in Florida because he played last night in St. Lucie. I, I think Fraser was down in St. Lucie. Uh, this fan, let me let me pull up the name here, give him a little credit because this was the source. His name is Joseph DeSalvo, and he wrote on True New York Mets fans. This was at like two o'clock. He says, I'm catching a plane, uh, uh getting a ride. Getting to ride the plane to Syracuse with the Todd father. And there's Todd Frazier sitting down there. So this was like the breaking news that Todd is not going to be joining the team. I would have
1: thought we'd be getting traffic updates from Buffalo from Todd (laughs) Frazier. And that's how we'd find out he's up there. Not, you know, the... The sneak attack photo, waiting for the play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Todd is headed to Syracuse. He's—I uh, heard uh, early reports last night that uh, he may have actually been joining the team in St. Louis, uh, St. St. Louis, this weekend. But I guess that's not the case. So at least a couple more days. I think he has to come off the uh, injured list. They call it now on Tuesday. So b- between now and then, as long as he doesn't have any more hiccups, he'll be back with the team. I guess on Tuesday. So yeah,
1: yeah I mean, listen, he's not going to be in a starting role. It is going to be a far lesser role than he's been in in the past. People Alonzo has grabbed first base and run with it. Jeff McNeil's got to play every day. Rob is going to play. Ahmed is going to play. So Frazier, I think he's a right-handed bat off the bench, and you hope he takes to it because a lot of these guys who are everyday players throughout their careers, not all of them make this transition well. It is far different when you're getting 10 at-bats a week rather than 30. Uh, so that's something that is going to have to make the adjustment on, and we'll see how he's able to do it.
0: So speaking of adjustments, Mr. Degrom is, uh, I guess, has a cold or strep, strep throat. throat or something yeah. like that.
1: So he's pushed back a day. He's going to start Saturday.
0: Um, so
1: Vargas could throw Friday. Do you believe
0: that? Do you always believe that?
1: What? That he's sick? Got something going on?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, how often do that. do do people get the flu? I mean, there's always flu-like symptoms well, floating flu-like around. flu-like
1: symptoms is usually BS. That means you're dehydrated, probably from a night out. But uh, yeah, but uh, strep throat is a little different and
0: yeah strep throat you shouldn't what, be in well, the club out unless you're on what,
1: what would be the reason of lying about it because he's, getting he's his head kicked great. in for two starts like you know i he's not throwing 90 miles per hour all of a sudden i don't think it's physical he just hasn't had the same life on his fastball he's not getting the swings and misses what i see is that high fastball that's usually his put away pitch guys are spitting on it they're taking it and then they're making him come into the zone, and they've been able to hit it. Uh, his command hasn't been as good as we've seen in the past either. So I'm not that worried about Jacob DeGrom. I'm not worried they've either. I've seen him adjust in the past. He went through this a couple of years back after some bad starts, and Terry Collins put his arm over his shoulder. Yeah. And after that, DeGrom's basically been unhittable for a year and a half, two years. But, like, eventually... You're going to have to adjust to the league. And the league figures something out, whatever it might be. I know some speculation. Maybe he's tipping a pitch here or there. Whatever it is, you know this is normal. This is the way it's supposed to be for even the greatest players in the game. And the fact that Degrom didn't have to go through this at all last year is what makes last year so unbelievable. We talked about he's not going to go out and have the exact same season that he did last year. He's not going to go out and have 35 quality starts and you know put them in position to win every single game. There's going to be a little bit of a process where you're getting your head kicked in. He's living through that, but I still have all the faith in the world that Jacob DeGrom will kick it right back and instead of having that 1-7 ERA or whatever he had last season, maybe it's 2-1, but that should be plenty good enough to win some games. And by the way, at least they're scoring some runs for the guy.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of tipping pitches, uh, which I don't think is really happening either, but uh, Figueroa, I don't have uh, the audio on here now, but if you want to go check in on our boy Figgy, he uh, noticed something the other night, and uh, he broke it down on uh, BNNY, on SNY, about how Paxton was definitely ex- um, tipping his pitches, and the uh, Astros definitely took advantage of it. It's very interesting. So head on over to uh, Figgy's Twitter account, It's at amazing how guys SNY. see this stuff. Yeah.
1: Like, they... These are the guys who used to sit on the bench. and They'd be a role player, like a Nelson Figueroa, maybe a bench player. Someone's been around the game for a while, and they just watch the pitcher. And maybe they notice a little flutter in the glove yeah, as yeah. you know they're gripping the baseball in a certain way, or just the tiniest thing. And they'll pick it up and they'll tell the batters, "Hey, when you see this, that means it's going to be a changeup or right, it's going right. to be a curveball." Maybe he furrows his brow; like it could be something stupid. And I've had guys watch on the couch and. He you was know, pointed out, hey, Pete, do you see this guy's tip at his pitch? And just call every single pitch from the couch. Yeah. And even with them telling me what to look for, I don't see it. It's well, he was like noticing on this, Altuve
0: was out second and he was looking mm-hmm. into the glove and he would look to the right and you knew what pitch it was. Look to the left, it was something else. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, s- that's
1: a pretty obvious one, I, I guess, but you have to know that that's something that the second base runner can do. Yeah. Right? Like we tend to think, like, Mo, well, maybe he'll rub his chest or something. Right, obvious. right, right. Like turning to a certain direction can kind of blend in to what's naturally
0: happening back in i think it was 2012 i think roush was only with the mets what a year year or two i think it was 2012 2011 he got hurt and uh it was kind of weird because back then the seven line was kind of just getting picking up some steam and he he hit me up and he, he was hurt and he wasn't with the team the team was playing in dc and he goes hey you want to watch the game i'm like yeah sure so we went to a bar together me and john roush get out of here yeah went to a good bar. more
1: tats you or john
0: uh
2: i think john did yeah.
0: He th- had a lot of talent. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got I don't know. I kinda consider this whole arm one. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so we're sitting at the bar, this like seven foot monster, and he could he knew what was gonna be go- we were watching the ninth, thing, the Mets lost. Okay. Um, but he could read the pitches from, you know, the bar. You know, watching the catch, like, oh, it's going to be a strike. I mean, it's going to be a fastball, going to be a slider, or whatever. And it was just funny that you know I'm sitting there with the player, knowing what's going to happen. It was it was kind of a, a surreal experience. But that's uh,
1: well, good. He knew the signs.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's didn't always guys. work
1: out. Didn't always work out. I hear p- stories about pitchers where they would forget the sign, or actually, the catcher would give the signs and then forget what pitch he had called. And that's not a. Yeah, not it's an not, ideal situation. That's oh not boy. a way to get guys out.
0: <laughs> 631-388-5195 is the number to call. Give us a shout, Mets or whatever. You want to chit-chat about whatever happened this week in your life or, or the Mets' life, we'll be happy to talk to you. <laughs> uh, also giving away this Mr. Mets uh, Game of Thrones Iron Throne bobblehead, which is mm-hmm. going to be staying here if, if uh, Forever Collectible sends us the third one. But if you want this one for free, Sixty dollar value. Click share right now on Facebook or retweet. I think we should have on a jousting match Twitter. <laughs> uh, to
1: see who goes home with the Iron Throne. I don't around know here. shit
0: about the White Walker or the. You don't other know shit stuff. about
2: Game of Thrones. Yeah. Why I would know you a want lot
0: it? about Mr. Met, and uh. this is going to look awesome <laughs> uh, <laughs> here in the studio. So, I hate you. Uh, but you know what? I, I might not even get one because they didn't send a third. Good. Share the show. Give us a call. Um, so, Mr. Syndergaard. Talking about tipping pitches, uh, something completely different from tipping pitches. Putting a little pine tar on a baseball, mm, which people uh, love this stuff. This intrigue. I thought this was going to get a little bit more action, but I guess it's you know they pointed it out and that was kind of the end of it. If you're seeing this for the first time, look closely. There's Syndergaard putting a little substance on his fingers. But oh no! You would expect this on a night where it's like 40 degrees or 50 degrees with the wind ripping through. Uh, where was this in uh, Philly? Philly? Yeah. So it's you were cold. saying it's, it's. It was freezing and windy. It's pretty normal for this type of thing to happen. I mean, what's who was the Yankees pitcher that got kicked out? All Michael on his, Pineda and had it all <laughs> over his neck. <laughs> yeah. was,
1: that was like summer at Fenway Park, and it was on Sunday Night Baseball. Basically, he gave the Red Sox no choice but to say, his What the heck is going was on was yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. Uh, in this case, a lot of pitchers do this, and the opponents don't necessarily mind. Especially when it's someone like Noah Syndergaard throwing 100 miles per hour. They want the pitcher to have an idea where his pitch is going. If he can't grip the baseball, it's not a a safe situation for those hitters potentially. So that's why you don't see these teams going out and saying, hey – Noah Cinder Guards uses some well, their pitchers use it something too right. in order to get through on this kind of night. We see guys, they have the spray on sunscreen. I believe it's bullfrog that uh-huh. you know a lot of guys would it's use in the past. And you see them, you see guys in the bullpen. They'll take their non pitching arm and they'll just lather it in this stuff. Like watch when a guy's warming up and you will be like, why is he spraying this stuff on his arm? Well, he doesn't want to get a sunburn, but he's also gonna sit there, <laughs> you know, and grind it in and it it's tacky and it gives you a little extra grip on the ball. Now, if you're doing this all the time, and this is something that the Astros, I think Trevor Bauer put this out there on Twitter a year ago, that the Astros pitchers, they you know get their spin rates up and they must be doing something to make that happen. And a sticky substance like pine tar can help with that. If you're doing it when you're playing in a dome like Houston, it's not necessary. And yes, it's a, it's an advantage, but... When it's 40, 50 degrees and windy as hell as it was on that night, yeah. I mean, you saw Syndergaard's hair all over the place. I saw at one point it looked like he was almost getting blown—not blown over, but at least garbage enough to, all over the field to stop his windup and kind of all right, let me reset myself here. Like it was just a nasty, uncomfortable night that's going to dry you out, and you know you need a little something to to grip the baseball. That's all you're looking to do. It's really not a competitive advantage right, to right. some degree it's 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 safety it's that's safety. why you know that's why these teams aren't complaining that's why you don't see gabe kapler going out there hey this guy's using pine tar like, This guys use a pine tar and it's, yeah, it's not a, file a big deal in his, anymore a, a
0: file in his back in pocket uh, Yeah, exactly
1: it's not like a uh, naked gun you
0: yeah know, but who was doing the file out
1: there <laughs> find the vaseline and the nail file <laughs> yeah. well gaylord perry famously was one of those guys who used to you know, pitch spitball. But also,
0: Necro or something like that. I think I feel like I read that. I think Necro had a, a file once way back when.
1: Yeah. You're going back a long way yeah, now. Yeah, for yeah, the last yeah, time yeah. somebody like. Well, really I read a Knuckleball. I read the
0: book. There. I read, I read uh, not, not Knuckleball, uh, wherever I wind up, the Ari Dickey book. I think it mentioned it somewhere in there. But um, so. We're talking a lot about the pitching. The pitching needs some help. Uh, Do you think the Mets actually make – we talked about this last week too. We both think that Brody is not going to make a move. But now with the way things have been shaping up, especially this week, losing four of the last five, do you think the Mets go out and make any kind of help uh, or or move to help this bullpen or this rotation? Well,
1: Friday's a big start. So now Jason Vargas is going to throw on Friday. The Mets have lost four out of five. They have today off, so he goes tomorrow. What do you see from Jason Vargas? If he's non-competitive Nothing. again and getting knocked out in the second inning, and this is coming off a week where you had an extra inning game, you had Mats get knocked out without retiring a single batter, all of a sudden you have a, not only a problem you're starting pitching, but you're going to wear out your bullpen real freaking fast. And it's nice you have Gagno and guys like that that you can call up, but you can't do that all season long. You're going to wear these guys out. So if Vargas is terrible again, I think the Mets are obligated to make a move and the more I think about it while it's natural to talk about Dallas Keuchel and you pop him into the rotation is you take him a long time to ramp up he's not someone who's going to help out tomorrow I think Craig Kimbrell could actually help out the Mets more for a couple of reasons one I like Seth Lugo as a starter for some reason the Mets don't I know he's been pitching with a partially torn UCL but I don't think Being a starting pitcher would be worse for that. In the bullpen, you don't know when you're going to throw. You're throwing back-to-back days. You have to warm up, and then you don't get into a game, and you warm up again, right? You know, you have to get up and down. It's more stressful on your arm, in my opinion. I'd love to see Lugo get a chance in rotation. Remember that Sunday night baseball game against the Yankees last year? Oh, yeah. It was unfreaking believable. The guy has a lot of talent. I'd love to see him be the number 5 starter. I thought it was a shame they didn't give him an opportunity to beat out Jason Vargas for that spot back in the spring. And then if you put Lugo in the rotation, well, you know, the question is, well, you're opening up a hole in the bullpen. Well, Craig Kimbrell can fill that hole. And considering how poorly Jaris Familia has thrown to this point, Mets might need some help in that eighth inning. So I I like the idea of Kimbrell. I think he'd be quicker to get ramped up and ready to pitch. I understand he did not finish last season all that strong and, you know, was obviously pitching into the postseason with the Red Sox, but I... Uh, I think that he would be a better fit than Keiko the way things set up right now because I have a lot of faith that Seth Lugo can be a very effective major league starter.
0: Well, I um, when they they announced or whoever breaks this type of news about the uh, the uh, the next starts when uh, I got some shit on Twitter about this because they announced that Vargas was going to start on Saturday and I'm like, all right, well, I guess he could just bet the house on a loss for Saturday and then it got shifted to the, to tomorrow night. So, like you said, I mean, we got to see something from this guy. I'm not holding my breath because you know, I feel like he's toast and, you know, at some point your, your career is done. And I think we've seen the best of Vargas and uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes out there and he's lights out tomorrow night, but uh, the leash should be very short well, on even that.
1: Even if he pitches well, he's yeah, getting pulled after five innings. Uh, he could throw five scoreless innings, be at 70 pitches, and they will take him out I can't after it. five innings. I'll guarantee it. That's the way that they have handled him. When he was thrown well the second half last year, you saw a lot of that. They want Lugo to piggyback the Vargas starts. That's the idea. That's the way that they drew it up. So. You know, if he pitches poorly, he's out early. If he pitches really well, he's still max. Best thing he's going to do is give you five. You compare him to Bartolo Colon, right? That's your, like, dream fit starter. Someone takes the ball every time. Generally keeps you in the game. Well, at least if Bartolo was throwing well, he could go seven innings. The Mets don't trust Vargas in the same way. Five innings, he's out. They're thrilled if they get five innings out of this guy. It's not a good situation.
0: I miss Bartolo. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's – I think everyone loves him for moments like this, you know, and how carefree he was with the behind-the-back toss. I'm he hasn't been picked up. I figured he'd too. be – you know, rocket
1: somewhere. Maybe the ducks will get him at some point, right? Wouldn't Speaking of the ducks, nice how
0: many freaking Mets are on the ducks <laughs> right now? <laughs> well, they, they got Nice, Newenheis, Nice, Newenheis, Den Decker. Oh yeah, uh, right. I'll well, I that. saw he
1: was looking for apartments on Long Island. Yeah, so I guess De- he's it's over Den there. Decker. I haven't Nies. looked at the roster as a whole.
0: Backman, yeah. uh, which is crazy. I think it was. Uh, I don't know if you follow this guy, uh, Too Gooden. I know a lot of people block him. His name is Mark. He's kind of a pain in the ass on Twitter, but uh, he wrote something that it's it's crazy that the way that, that things are shaping up with the the uh, the minor league system and and uh, guys not getting picked up, you know, when the free agent market hits and things like that, the, the jobs aren't always there. That the guys that probably still have something left in the tank for a major league baseball team are now playing for a you know a team like the Ducks.
1: Yeah, well, if Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel aren't getting jobs, then, that's what I mean. You know, the, it it does trickle down I'm yeah sure and you know teams want the young players they're cheap they don't want to go to I a wonder if they could possibly
0: and, get paid to play for the ducks though i mean the stadium's pretty small i don't know how much they actually revenue they bring in they don't have a tv component it
1: wouldn't be nearly as much as you'd make as a minimum nah, wage major league i don't know
0: what it could possibly be like i, I, I don't know if i if that's even public knowledge but what they could they could get to go from you know being in the world series in 2015 you get a you
1: furnished know, apartment
0: I don't. I don't think no, you I'm even sure get that. It, Listen, you hit me with some things like I don't know when you're joking. Like <laughs> you haven't hung out enough for me. Like we're talking about Con Air before this, which I haven't seen the movie Con Air, which is a disgrace. Uh, it's on
1: TBS every other day, like primetime, <laughs> classic movie. You're flipping. Are around. Are you a big movie guy? You watch the rest of it. Am I a big movie guy? Like when you hit. If, it, if I was you... like a classical like Oscar movie guy, I wouldn't be talking about Con Air like this. No, 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 like movies. That quotes, just hit me.
0: quotes. You can recite stuff. I'm not like
1: good at doing that, but. I love music. I know Con some
0: Air. movies like front to back, uh, you know, old school shit like that. But I was thinking of something I was actually feeding my fish or my daughter's fish a couple days ago. And it, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but do you remember what the turtles names were in Rocky?
1: No. Rocky is a, a hole for me. I've seen the movie Rocky, but I I'm not someone who do can you know, like, quote no. the trilogy. Uh, oh. I bet you I bet
2: you Andrew would know. I know I just
1: uh, I mean, I could do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I thought that's what you're going to ask. Because, like, oh, I'm all over this one, baby. <laughs> well, th-
0: there's a lot about uh, the. Right, we don't have to start talking about movies, but right, the, well, it was Cuff and Link were the two turtles there. But Cuff and Link. The dog yeah. that was in Rocky 1, his name was Buttkiss. That was his real dog. He sold the dog for 40 bucks because he, so, he was poor he oh. had no money he sold the screenplay he wrote Rocky oh
2: yeah I know bought, I know the story behind he it he bought
0: I didn't the know dog the back from the guy he sold, he sold it in front of a 7-Eleven to a guy oh for 40 gosh. bucks how much money do you think he paid to get the dog back 40 grand. $15,000. <laughs>
2: what? Yeah.
0: The guy's my like, dick. you want your dog back? You're that famous guy a now. terrible guy. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me 15 grand. You can get your dog oh back. Oh, gosh, gosh, that's you That's awful. Know? That's like a pawn shop move. Like, what is that about? Yeah. So? Hey, you want your dog back? You're rich now. Pay me. You know, it's just Jeez. the way the world goes. Tough
1: crowd, man. <laughs> a couple of big gulps. <laughs> Pull
0: it even. Oh, you know I used to work at 7-Eleven? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of weird jobs. Seven eleven. Uh which you gotta have, you gotta have one good
1: story working at a seven eleven. Which seven eleven?
0: I worked at the seven eleven near St. Francis Prep. So I would get off of high school, I'd get dropped off at St. Francis Prep on Francis Louis Boulevard.
2: Oh, across the street, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and my friends would come in for like Slurpees and I'd give them like a pack of parliaments with with it. Like we weren't old enough to buy cigarettes, but
2: I, I used to have a good I used to work. my So my first job was at CVS. And if if one of my friends came in to buy a pack of cigarettes, I'd give him, like, four. <laughs> like, scan one, charge him for one, but, like, put four in the bag and be like, all right, hey, bye. You know,
0: <laughs> we're just talking about how we used to give shit away. That's stealing. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> um but yeah, 7-Eleven.
1: Come on, give me your best 7-Eleven story. It's I really it. I saw
0: something get shot down the street from there. Oh, okay. I wasn't working that okay. night. So but it wasn't at
1: the 7-Eleven?
0: No, it was like 100 feet away. There was uh, illegal street racing out in front of St. Francis Prep, which the cops never shut down for some reason. Oh, they, on
2: Francis Lewis Boulevard? Over yeah, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it
0: was crazy. We're standing there. People used to bet on the races. Mm. There's and a I,
2: speeding camera there now.
0: Well, well, yeah, we're talking. I didn't even have a cell phone. We're talking like 1997. Well, I'm saying. So I'm standing there. Wild, wild West. I mean, seriously. I'm standing there. Someone <laughs> must have gotten internet. paid. The guy walked up and shot the guy. It was fucking Jeez. crazy. Anyway, we're getting completely off the rails here. <laughs> uh, if you want this bobblehead, ah! <laughs> share the show. Uh, retweet on Twitter. Share on Facebook. We're talking about getting shot. Seven Eleven. Where do you have any? Nominally, weird, the Mets have any weird jobs?
1: Yeah, you know, I not worked. weird,
0: but anything. Not that working at Seven Eleven is weird, but
1: yeah, I worked. I worked at the Ducks actually. They oh, yeah. used to run some of their games, so they would have a fast pitch in the corner, and you know, they'd light Were up the radar gun and that kind of stuff. I was a beer man did at Nassau, about Nassau about Coliseum the uh, when I was in college at Hofstra, so I did that for a little while.
0: Uh, I'm here. Did we talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> did we talk about you being a beer guy on the show?
1: Uh, I don't know if it came up, but yeah, I used to go up and down those Coliseum steps, holding beers. Like the best would be working the concerts and some of the other events that would come through. Like I worked a fish concert. Cool. Everyone smoking weed in there. I made more money than than maybe anything else I've ever done, and you know, left with a contact Contact tie because they didn't (laughs) open the freaking doors. The whole Coliseum just baked out. Now the next year, fish came back and they opened the doors, and it wasn't the same situation. Oh, that sucks. But yeah, I don't I had smoke some weed, extra but money. they tipped well and went to White Castle right afterwards. It was great. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Um, <laughs> this is probably before the days of Fitbit or when your phone keeps track of your steps. But I feel like we should talk to Mike Marshall about that. You probably do miles in the in the ballpark. Oh, yeah. carrying that 30, 30 pounds oh, yeah. of uh, beer.
1: First of all,
2: have you guys it's
0: probably ever, thirty pounds but at
1: that's least outside at City Field? Like I was. Did in a you have
2: control? buckets? Oh. Like, did you have a big bucket yeah. like that? It's ice yeah. in there. It's heavy. His bucket is so heavy that I'm usually like, Hey, hey, you should try and hold that. You should try and hold that. And the way he does it with his thumbs. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, these you, guys are pros, man.
1: Yeah, you get it up on the head. He, probably not good for your neck, like but
2: he thumbs it and then puts it on yeah. his head. Yeah. He's I, I'm That's always so amazed. Now I wasn't strong
1: enough. Like some of these guys, they could have the ice in there and then have two cases so yeah. they could stay out for a long time. Uh, now, I I didn't know this. It was an innocent mistake, but someone pointed out to me one day and then I still didn't change. So then I guess it wasn't innocent. But I used to say ice cold beer because I always thought it sounded good. Like, I, I did didn't th- realize you actually had to ice them for them to be considered <laughs> ice cold. Like I thought it was ice cold. Like they're still cold because they were in the fridge before, not yeah. that long ago. And obviously the ice would make it. Let me hear extremely your. How,
3: how, what'd you say?
1: Beer, like, beer here. Ice cold beer. Get your beer, <laughs> beer, beer. Yeah, you know, all you do is <laughs> run around saying beers. You ever hear the loud guy? As at- weird as you can. Yep. Yeah, you, you ever- wait for hands to go up.
0: You ever hear the guy at City Field that, that barks?
1: Yes. Well, <laughs> he, now he sells hot dogs. I don't,
0: well, so dogs make sense. The, that,
1: yeah, that's what's going on there. But yeah, he would walk by the booth. Uh, you know when uh, WR was doing the game, so I would yeah. hear him through it, and Howie and Josh would always make reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, uh, but that you I know, can picture his face. His I don't know his through. name, but yeah. the
0: uh, there's another guy he calls um uh hot dogs tube steaks. Yeah. There's so many. There's so tube many steaks. awesome guys. Tube steaks here. Tube steaks. There's so many great awesome. vendors there. Shout out to all the guys and gals out there that keep us hydrated and uh I don't that's eat, a tough job it's game, a great
1: but. job because you know you work at least for hockey you you work those three hours you run around and then you know you get to watch the last few minutes of the game but at doing it outside at city field or old shea stadium that's a whole other level of dedication it's 90 degrees and you're running around a lot of make steps sure you, too it's make like, sure you tip those guys it's like doing the
0: spartan race every game <laughs> yeah absolutely. all right so uh aria and far rockaway we're talking odd jobs what do you got
3: Hey, what's up guys? How you doing? Good, All good. so firstly I'd like to say I called that Pete should be the main ho- co host, you know, week one. So that's just number one. Yeah, hey, Pete's been here and every week, th- basically. Loving
0: it. Season three. We got yeah. a, we got Pete on the on the on the horn here. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, Darren, props. I
3: guess the budget went up a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, Pete doesn't come cheap, guys. So uh <laughs> keep watching. The oh, hey,
3: Keller Liz- beers. Liz- Lizzie, can you get Liz- me another beer by the way? What do you want? Yeah, exactly.
0: Anyway, so what you got? What's going on in Far Rockaway? So I, I
3: actually I used to work in um City Field and Shea Stadium. Awesome. I worked at the kosher stand. Oh, you know what? You
0: did you told us this once before.
3: Well, maybe. I don't I don't remember if I told you, but yeah. It was awesome. I used to cook and, you know, I was there like right when we were talking about 2006. I, I was there during the Andy Chavez game and everything. It was a rush. Let me tell you.
1: What was the best thing you that's, made at that stand? What was your, like, specialty?
3: The best thing – we honestly had – we had these potato finishes with garlic on top, and they were just to die for. I probably gained, like, 50 pounds you know, at <laughs> the time. Because I, I would take home all the leftovers, you know, at the end of the game. So my doormates were happy. My stomach was happy. You know.
0: Well, that's nice on the Mets. I could picture them saying that you weren't allowed to do that.
3: Well, at the so end save of the them game, for the next they, day. they on the on, so <laughs> –
0: so funny. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, Arya, So we'll see you at the ballpark. Thanks for calling, man.
3: Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually I'm joining you guys for the Padres game. So.
0: Oh, awesome! Cool. We'll see you out there. Yeah. Thanks, Padres. buddy. All right. Um, yeah.
1: Bartolo Bartolo-Cologne honorary uh, seven line game every time they play the Padres, right?
0: I still cannot believe that we were out there for that game. It's it's. Uh, there's a a quilt. I can't remember who. I'm not going to say a name because I might be wrong. But someone gave us one of those like uh, photo sublimated quilts with different photos on it. And uh, our daughter was there for San Diego. And I was talking to her. I think it was this morning. Actually, I'm like, oh, you know, do you know where that is? I'm trying to tell her like, California. We were at a baseball game. It's one of those things that she's never going to remember being there, but. I feel like that game is going to go down in Mets' lore as being the game. And she was there.
1: I I think we should have a a new rule on this show that every time Bartolo's name is brought up, because I feel like it comes up all the time, we got to ring the bell here.
0: I was going to say do a shot or something, but we can ring ring the bell. Get
1: the liquor sponsor
0: in here. Yeah, you know what? Who wants to be our shot sponsor? (laughs) Let me know. Let me know.
1: Keep it like Bailey's and. No, no, vodka, vodka, vodka. No 80% uh 80 proof here 80 proof That'll that's
0: a little... I don't even know how is that what a, what a vodka is 80 proof no yeah it Vodka's is 80
2: proof right? is it f- yes
0: on my 21st like birthday in that area. someone gave me a shot of some type of vodka that was so freaking strong that my throat hurt for like four days was it like I, you know I've had moonshine? Like, what are you <laughs> I don't know I mean I've had actually, be good vodka I had surgery in my throat in uh shit, I don't know what year that was but too much vodka no, I had uh, too much bartending, to be honest. I was working in bars like a few days a week yelling over oh. loud music, and I blew out my vocal cords. I had not uh, polyps on my vocal cords.
1: So you're a great comeback story doing so, this
0: show. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, now I'm staying hydrated. but So I'm working <laughs> at the bar, and all of a sudden, I couldn't even talk on the phone. That's how raspy my voice was. And it was before the 7-Line. I was still doing that BMX clothing company, but I was going to the post office quite often. So uh, I had to warn the post office and the bank that I was getting surgery, I wasn't allowed to talk. So I went prior to be like, listen, when I come in here next week with a note, I'm not robbing the bank. I'm not allowed to talk. I'm getting surgery in my throat. Um, <laughs> but I was living with Kelly at the time. We were just dating uh, for the first time. We had broken up after that for a little break in the middle. But
1: that was her favorite week.
0: No, I I, I broke the rule. I started like we were fighting about something. And I'm like writing notes like. <laughs> like and I'm like fuck it. I started talking. I was like whispering. She's like, don't talk. You're gonna hurt your throat. But look uh, what well, you're
2: making me do.
0: <laughs> I'm blowing out my vocal cords for you. All right, All so caps. we we are gonna get to our what's in the box in just a little bit from our friends at Lumberland. They have been sending us these bat mugs, which are incredible. So definitely. Uh, stay tuned and call us for when we tell you to do that. But I want to talk a little bit about the bat flip, Mr. Pete McCarthy. Ooh, what is your the Lumberland flip? What is your feeling about the <laughs> no, bat flip? i finish my drinks from now on.
1: I love the bat flip. Now, Tim Anderson's was a little aggressive. I will say it, it didn't look like some other bat flips where you have that kind of majestic uh, flip at the back end. He kind of grabbed the head of the bat, threw it like a javelin towards his dugout, but he's clearly celebrating with his teammates, not showing up directly the pitcher Brad Keller in this case so listen it's taken this bat flip thing and the celebration the emotions of the game to a another level but this is what baseball is marketing now this is what they want let the kids play And when Keller comes back, hits Tim Anderson with a pitch, for some reason Anderson's getting thrown out of the game, unless he said something. It didn't look like there was any real reason for it, and Joe West wouldn't answer any questions after the game, which is ridiculous. Um, So, listen, it's just it's stupid how Major League Baseball can fix this. Give Keller a 10-game suspension. Up the punishment for throwing at these guys, especially in these kinds of situations because they're – the league as a whole is talking out of both sides of their mouth where, hey, let the kids play. Hey, we're gonna have some fun. The Ken Griffey Jr. advertisement last year about, you know, showing emotion on the field. This is what baseball needs to connect with some younger fans, and you can't have, you know, stodgy players who are upset they got beat. Not only trying to injure these other guys or send a message as right, they would put right. it. But, take your medicine and whatever. Yeah, but you know, it's not if you want to have you can't have it both ways if this is the way major league baseball wants to go then joe Torre, when he puts down the suspensions should be more harsh on these pitchers the same thing with chris archer who hit Derek dietrich after dietrich hit one uh you know over all three rivers in pittsburgh a couple weeks ago archer came back the next time hit dietrich five game suspension so what does that mean uh, one Nate, start if you're not even one start what? because it's just the extra day so if you have it if you, so you have to have an extra starting pitcher get right, in there. Right, right, right. But the the pitcher itself, the individual, doesn't really miss any time. Yeah, it's a paycheck hit, but we know what these guys are making. It's not the end of the world. So to me, listen, if you want to take that aspect of it out of the game, throwing it guys because they had a little celebration, then you better be a lot more harsh on these pitchers who are going at guys because five games is nothing.
0: Well, Tim Riley wrote a little blog post for us this morning just to kind of break this down and give his perspective on what he feels – is the right course of action here. Because, like you said, a guy getting kicked out of the game for getting hit by a pitch makes no sense. That's just
1: ludicrous. And And I'll say that's just an individual part of this. But if we're going to talk about... The bigger picture of, you know, do you like this in the game um, or what can you know, Major League Baseball do about it? You know, Anderson being thrown out is just Joe West being ridiculous. Right. But but if
0: if baseball wants this, baseball wants to market this, they want the viral videos, the viral clips and people talking about their sport. And then a guy who works for you kicks out the player. That's it's a contradiction. So everyone needs to be on the same page here. Mm -hmm. So he wrote his his uh, his two cents here. But it's funny that. Uh, different accounts who are under the MLB umbrella now, like the Cespedes family barbecue guys, they wrote acting like you've been there before, which is a common thing people say uh, in Barry instances Sanders. like this, uh, act like you've been there before. seems like a boring ass way to, to say play sports and live life. If you ask me. So you a know, lot I of people agree are, with
1: that. And, and I'll, I'll take it to a kind of another level. The like, world is changing. I always loved Barry Sanders, right? Like he got in the end zone a lot and he just hand the ball to the referee. No big deal. and, I kind of – I always like that mentality, and I would say I do that in my personal life, and when I've had those fun moments, those successes, they haven't come in sports a whole lot, <laughs> but I probably haven't enjoyed them as much as I should in the moment, like even in sports, the few times I did something well – like I should have had a freaking dance party when I got a hit and got the first base <laughs> or something, and I just have it in me, like, oh, act like you've been there before, but what if you haven't really what been is the there? Prob- yeah, you know? What is
0: the well, problem like, with celebrating? You should
1: enjoy the the good things that happen, and let's say if you give something up and somebody else is enjoying it in front of you, that doesn't give you the right to try to hurt them, to take it away and get even or whatever it is. I and mean, there are reasons in a game where maybe you should throw at a guy. I'm not going to say you'd never do it, but... Because someone hit a home run off you right. and enjoyed it, right. mm-hmm. not the reason to be thrown at a guy. Ate hate that.
0: Shannon on uh, on Twitter, at Miss underscore Met, highlighted something here from, uh, I don't know, I guess it was a couple of years ago when Stanton was still with the Marlins. Uh, Jason Grilly, um, who is this? Jason Grilly with Texas gave up a home run to Stanton, and Stanton pimped it out of the box because the night before, Grilly, is that my saying right? Grilly ended the game on a strikeout on stand. So they were kind of just getting each other back, and that was it. Nobody was throwing at each other. That was it. You show me up, I show you up, and that's it. Yeah, let's go.
1: That's fine, and people like that. People want to see that emotion and want to see the rivalries. You know, one of the best parts of this whole thing. Randall Grichik, who's an outfielder for the Toronto Blue Jays, he puts out a tweet, involves himself, even though he wasn't involved at all, just his thoughts on oh, we're going a little too far with the bat flips, and I'm not sure if he gave one of those. Uh, you know, I got it here. Oh, okay, what, what exactly? Because did he say, I then?
0: I actually added him last night because I thought it was ridiculous. So yeah, he inserted himself into this conversation. Yeah so uh how do you say his last name gritchick Grichik. so he wrote guys are getting a little excessive on pimping hormones on meaningless hormones too there it is act, act like, like you've, like you've done it before just one time or one time so and then
1: tim anderson claps why right you- back let's go he's yes! like why don't
0: you at- <laughs> why don't you at me why don't you say my name yeah and he goes he goes oh no no i wasn't me i didn't mean you i just meant in, in general so oh, I-
1: Grichik uh did reply to him i hadn't yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> so- what do you mean? It wasn't about Tim Anderson. Right, right, right. Get out of
0: here. So it just—it's convenient that it's the same day, right? Uh, so anyway, Frederick
1: Homer today—I didn't get to see if he strutted it. I'm sure you know, probably not. Went right not. down and after you, know, you make quick, a statement so like the bases.
0: after you make a statement like this as a player, oh, you're you, never allowed to now show any kind oh, of emotion. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, I, I screenshot his tweet mm-hmm. and then followed it up with. The ones from Cut Four, which was he, you know, Anderson bat flipped so hard we had to stat cast it. And the one from MLB themselves to say, this is our favorite content. This is what the league wants. You work for your team, who's under the umbrella of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is hurting for new fans. It's not. It's not or a at secret. At least the
1: person running the social media account for Major League Baseball it, understands.
0: MLB, listen. Whoever runs that account has strict orders of what they gotta write, what they can write, what they can't write, what the angle they want mm-hmm. to portray, uh, or you know, talk about, or. Sure. There's organization to it. Uh, There has to be, and you know, if you look at different uh, team, different sports like um, basketball, who is very you know in your face with what they cover as well. Baseball needs to go that route, and I feel like we need more of this, not less of this. And all the purists out there that are saying this is not the baseball that we grew up on. Well, no shit. Look in the world. A lot of things have changed in the past hundred years. And this...
1: Well, you know, listen, I'm not going to go all political, but the president put out like a Game of Thrones meme today, did he not? Like, this is part of the conversation that we have at all levels of society now, and it's part of the entertainment value of, you know, what's going on. in baseball and sports are entertainment. So... You know, you want, I like to see Tim Anderson and Randall Grichick, you know, going back and forth on Twitter a little bit. And hey, when the White Sox and Blue Jays play each other, I mean, it's two hitters. They're not necessarily going to be lined up one on one, but, you know, those rivalries are good. You know, like Noah Sindergaard, when, uh, you know, everyone's probably has a dig on the Washington Nationals or Bryce Harper or something like that, right? You want to see that kind of thing. You know, I think (laughs) something that people complain about, and this is an old school complaint, oh, all these guys are buddies now. Everybody's chums, everybody's hugging at first base. Well, these are some ways where you can actually develop some rivalries and not everybody's friendly. Right. And it's not always a bad thing when you find out this guy doesn't like that guy right, right, right. and you have you know, a little undertow, a little, you know, human drama being played out underneath the baseball but game. But
2: both ways are is okay with me. Like if two if two opposing team members like each other, then they like each other sure. and then that makes you think about them liking each other so then that's like making you think about it and then if they don't like each other then that makes you think about that well, so then there's like it's, more content to it, it so, adds, so you're not just like like watching Felix like Hernandez and Adrian game
1: those guys were very close and you'd see it on the field like they wanted to beat each other but a lot of times they're smirking at one yeah. another or you know one got the other one would start jawing or act really pissed or whatever it was but it was all in good fun with that you know people enjoy that but yeah.
0: this also I like I, see enjoy that by that. I the like field. seeing that negative
2: right. energy positive right. energy like I, I like that it all it
0: also adds to baseball in general. It adds to both of these teams in general because the next time they play each other, it's must-see TV. You're going to tune in because these teams hate each other. They have bad blood. Absolutely. It's the kind of thing that baseball needs. They need more eyeballs. They need more people sharing and liking and, and taking part in the content online. And, you know, that's just the way it's going. They have to ab- embrace it. Well,
1: with that said, this you know, is we're talking about villains and rivalries and all those <laughs> things, do you miss Chase Utley? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> he's the exception. You don't you don't miss hating somebody. Like no, Bryce no, Harper could just he's... step into that void, and that's enough. Who 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 would be right now the most hated rival player? For Mets fans. It have
0: to be Bryce Harper. Harper. Just, you know, it has to be.
1: You know why? The other I guy th- I think of is uh, O'Neill, right, on the Marlins last year. Oh, Brian, I'm sorry. Oh, because he, he, he caught David Wright's ball? Oh, Brian, because he caught David Wright's pop-up. But true. it seems like everybody forgot that yeah. one already.
2: I don't like the the new Phillies thing where they're they're waving when they like get a, get a hit or whatever. And Harper's and got Harper, his
0: thing now that he does when he gets And Harper,
2: out. like I was like Ugh! the other day but when he got
0: it. I've <laughs> said this so many freaking times though. It's the same thing of bat flips, and I think Tim Riley wrote it in the article or the po- the post or whatever you want to call it on the blog. Uh the only people who hate the bat flips are the teams that they're playing against. Right. So I hate all of harper's antics because he's not on my team but during the offseason when i was chirping at brody like, sign this sign guy get role. harper i would love it if he was doing this for us you know yeah. flipping the hair and taking off the guy's helmets after home runs whatever he does all of his different like quirky things i think that it bothers you because he's not on your team and he's going to be a philly i guess for 13 more seasons so it looks <laughs> like uh it's going to be some while uh we'll get to that in a second, Lizzie. Okay. Um, so we do want to talk about, or I want to talk about one extra thing. Uh, just we don't have to touch on it too much. But what is with the Nationals trying to take, put it in the books? Did you see this? I I did. Put a curly W in heresy. the books is what the Nationals put today after heresy after their victory, and someone chirped. I wrote like, you know, enough with this. I don't know what I wrote, but. Um, Alyssa Rose actually put it on my radar because she Mm -hmm. tweeted about it first, but put it in the books is a Howie Rose thing Mm -hmm. and no one else should be writing any variation somewhat similar, especially put the curly W in the books. Give me a freaking break. The curly W. Uh, Unbelievable! The Walgreens so, symbol. Yeah, the, the the Walgreens W. Uh, and kind of breaking news: Howie's going to be on the show soon. So definitely uh, look wait, for. Wait,
1: wait! What did somebody you know write to you? what did somebody chirp at you about? When I replied, yeah, I
0: wrote like put the curly. I I don't know what I wrote. You can yeah, the Walgreens look, W something. Put the put it in the trash, not in the books. I don't know something like that. I know. you know uh, Nationals fans, I guess they just don't want to admit that they they wear the Walgreens logo. I don't know. I guess I <laughs> guess they just want to. Uh, believe that it's something it's not so uh we are going to talk about tomorrow's ticket sale because if you want to hit the outing with us in kansas city in august today was the pre-sale for the season ticket members the home package members that sit with us at city field so we have 632 of those members and uh we have 1400 tickets and about 150 or so people so far uh signed up that are members so we about 25 percent 25 percent Wow, this beer's kicking in. 25% uh, <laughs> of, the, of, go to two. of the home members are joining us uh, in Kansas City. So we still have over 1,000 tickets. So don't uh, be concerned if you're a, a fan that wants to just join us I have on, a question. On, the, on the single game option.
1: I have a question. So the, the biggest former Met that I could think of in Kansas City right now is Lucas Duda. Uh-huh. I I'll always love Duda. Him. Yeah, you give him, give yeah, him, a, give nice him a little, little cheer, cheer sw- out there in Kansas City. But, I don't think they like him much in Kansas City these days. It's, it hasn't been great for him thus far. But if he's still on the team at that point, I hope there's a little, little round of applause. We we've all done know that. what went wrong. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I thought he's a good player for the world. I like Duda. When yeah, we were I in like Colorado, quiet personality always awkward in the interviews. Like I don't know, I just kind of identified with I, him. I like I like the that. we follow
0: Lucas Duda Instagram oh, account. All. That was great. But when we were in uh, Colorado in 2015, that's when Reyes was there, and we actually did a, a Jose Chan. He and he you know turned around and gave us a little wave. But yeah, for sure, I think. And we were in Toronto last year. We did a Granderson Chan. He you know we were really far up too. And but
2: Granderson uh, loves man. us so. I'm sure he was, like, waiting. So
0: if you want to join, we have uh, 1,400 total tickets, so there'll be over 1,000 available tomorrow. And they are $63 a pop. It comes with the ticket uh, in the section with the group. I think it is, what does this say here? Sections 247 to 251, so down the right field line on the field level. Special event t-shirt, the game patch, and access to our dedicated tailgate area. So you'll get a wristband in with your package. We have a gigantic 40 by 100 tent. I hired a DJ. It's going to be a really fun time. So if you're watching this on a replay, it may be sold out. If not, definitely go to the 7 and pick up a ticket and join us out at Kauffman Stadium this August 17th.
1: It could be Vargas against his former oh, team, too. Oh, fuck. I hope not.
0: <laughs> Oh God. Oh no, I would never wish. Don't that you upon put me. that evil on me Mr. <laughs> McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, are you gonna come? We talked about this
1: No, I'm not gonna be able to go to Kansas City but I'll, uh, I'll go to the outing at City Field the end of May uh, 25th. It's, it's oh, yeah. it's I'm on in that. on that. I'm in on that one. What is it? I'm Filt gonna that? write it down. It's not Mother's Day or something. I think it's right? the 25th. No. No. As as it's not that. I'm good. But, flip uh, flip yes, that one. I'll definitely be there. And let's, let's I think it's it
0: the 25th. Our next home game That's is the 25th. May 25th. All right, so folks, it you You want to get your selfies and, and autographs from from uh, Mr. PD Mac? They're lining up. Definitely come on out. Two McKellers for each photo. So That's my price. Uh, we are gonna hit the line in a second, but I want to tell you guys about these awesome bat mugs that we've been giving away thanks to our friends at Lumberland. Lumberland Lumberland.com. That's L-U-M-B-E-R-L-E-N-D.com. They make great gifts for yourself or maybe your groomsmen or or whatever, but they have a great selection of bat mugs. So basically, they take a bat, they hollow it out, turn it into a mug, and uh, you can customize them or or actually get one of your favorite players or actually a, a whole team. Uh, signature mug so they signed a licensing deal with the mlbpa which gives them the access to now create mugs with all of the uh basically the top guys on each team but if you have some obs- obscure guy that might be your favorite player who's like an obscure met that someone might want to get dylan g dylan G. I'm, well no you got to be current you got to be active i, no, I do so <laughs> <a> paul seawald <laughs> if you want a paul seawald uh Mets mug from lumberland you could certainly pick that up so definitely head on over to lumberlin and you can get one we
2: were talking about them before we went online we're on live they are awesome and i think that they would be a great gift
0: they are real. they are excellent gifts so we are going to hit the line we have jay from ronkonkoma who is going to play what's in the box presented by lumberlin you get to pick one two three or four jay and whatever's in there is yours for free so what do you want let's
1: get it jay 2
0: what'd you say all business. Um, two, two. Oh, we uh, got another one. Of it's going to be m- nicely done. You know what's crazy? The first one I grabbed. Too. Jay, you know what? Or people at, at home, we have four options: two are gift cards, two are mugs. And every week it's been a mug. Yep. No one's picked a gift card. Another
1: yet. mug, Noah Cindergard style. Nicely done, Jay. Cool. Oh, cool. See, Very that cool.
2: one's cool too.
1: Awesome. This one's great.
2: Yeah, yeah that's have Seen
1: Cindergard's yeah, really uh, cool. signature before. What's
2: it, What's on the other side? On the other side of the bat.
1: On the other side of the bat. Nothing man's Not <laughs> Plank. Oh.
2: Oh, that's... Maybe oh. this is the that's one where really he had problem. a couple
1: of home runs Thank against you, uh, the Dodgers. <laughs> all right,
0: Jay. We'll get this out to you. All right, buddy?
1: Nice to done, Jay.
0: Okay. Thanks,
2: Jay. Thanks for Thank waiting. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. Thank you so much.
1: Congrats. It's awesome. Yeah, so signature is interesting. It's in the S and then kind of just a swoop and scribble.
0: That's what I would He's do. He's got if a I was lot a of players.
2: letters. You already do that, and you're not a player. What's up? Because I sign a lot of checks. You're like a D. Deep- <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I will, so I sign a lot of autographs at the games. I don't want to, you know, I can't, can't write my whole name.
1: My, my signature is a mess too. It is barely an M and more just like a series of scribbles. And that's Mine's that's about what we're down well. to at this point. I'm no doctor, but uh It's, it's not it's not pretty i can't even write script anymore like i've totally lost the ability to write script they don't even teach it anymore
0: yeah big block letters you have great handwriting though lizzie has great handwriting uh everyone knows when it's not me who writes the stuff that like we send out because it's (laughs) mine's chicken scratch um but yeah we'll send this out if you want to go to lumberland.com and use our special promo code it is i have it here hold on one second I think it's just O-A-B-T. It's on the bottom here. Let me just double check.
1: Can you get a Bartolo cologne mug? I don't know.
0: On, we're already failing with the rule. We, we should, should find out. <laughs> try to institute a rule them. in this show
1: and nothing. Nope. No bell. <laughs> no bell? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. A I'm sorry. A little sorry. delayed bell.
0: All right. So the code is O-A-B-T to get 15% off your mug. I'm not
1: really curious, Lizzie. I just wanted to force that in there. <laughs> test, oh. test this new rule. Oh, you wanted
0: to see if you can get one?
2: No, I was yeah I was gonna look it no, up. I think
0: you got to email them if you so want. So I something I that's was more
2: concerned about looking it up than actually like dinging the bell for Bartolo Colon. So,
0: but that's got to be
1: the priority <laughs> again. Yes, there you go.
0: <laughs> Lumberlin's great though. Definitely check them out. So I am gonna shell for one more thing before we call this thing a night. On Monday, Monday morning at ten a.m. we have two jerseys going up. So this is the first time we're ever well second time because we did the '86 basketball jersey last year, but. This is going to be uh, our second release of basketball jerseys. So the first one we came out with was the 86 version. This is the 87 version. I'm wearing it today. The reason it's the 87 version is because the Mets only wore this New York script once for one year. Not once, but one year in 1987 on the road. Keith did not like it. I love it. I love the script. Maybe that's why they got rid of it. Maybe (laughs) Keith uh, put his foot down in 87. (laughs) So it's uh, $159.99, and people are saying, well, why is it expensive? And it, it wow they have a cologne uh, bobblehead Big right. so it's 159.99 <laughs> because bell. these are limited edition and small batch a small batch run of jerseys if they, they were mass produced they'd be a little less expensive but you're paying for what you're getting and they are quality so 159.99 cool base cool base jersey material and uh, they are excellent so small through four start 4X. doing your ups. get ready push ups pull ups get ready they are a pre-sale so these are all made to order so that's the reason why they're a little bit more expensive and you gotta wait for the delivery the second one to go up is the New York camo Uh, I have wore this a couple times so if we've crossed paths over the past month or so I wore this to QBC this is the jersey that's gonna be going up also on Monday a little bit less expensive um it isn't a custom style, so it's a little bit less expensive. $149.99 Pullover V neck on the Sevline.com, also a pre sale. So, what we're doing on these, I think Lizzie knows how we typically do this, but uh, a lot of people don't. So, we put up the pre sale, we take I hope the orders. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> we take the orders for the first day, and then that's what we order. So, if you don't get your order in within the first day and you were thinking, you know what, maybe I'll wait a month and purchase, they'll definitely be sold out by then. So, if you want one, definitely set a reminder. Pick one up on Monday at 10 a.m. and uh, we will get cracking on the whole cut and sew process and delivering it to you as soon as we possibly can. So, is that it, Mr. Pete? Yeah, people keep winning these bats. You I know, it's impressive. Sh- it's like a 50-50 shot. Shit, we got to do the share, shot. oh, shit, do share contest. So you still got time if you want one of these Game of Thrones bobbleheads. Slash Mr. Matt, and I just got a text from my buddy Joe DeMaio. He said, Lizzie does have perfect handwriting.
2: Oh, thanks, Joe. Because you write his check. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's always perfect handwriting on that.
0: Which, you know what I've, I've actually heard? That a lot of uh, bloggers don't get paid. Is this something that you've heard?
1: I'm not a blogger.
0: I I, but know. you know, you know, you're in well, the business. A lot of
1: people work for free in the hopes of getting paid work down the line you got to have quote unquote experience so look at that well we
0: pay our bloggers so everyone else if uh (laughs) you know if you have some loot you should probably pay people who are working for you so uh game of thrones bobbles uh share right now if you're watching on facebook retweet on twitter or periscope thank you to foco.com if you don't win you could get one on their website 60 bucks a pop it's beautiful uh, Lizzie's gonna take care of the share, and I'm gonna do the retweet. Just tell me when to stop, Lizzie. No, I mean, I'm gonna tell you when to stop. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> no, you always do the share first. All
2: right, so you're gonna tell me when to stop. Yep. Are you ready? start from the top.
0: Yeah. And stop.
2: That was
0: that Such was really drama. fast. That was pretty quick, right? Boy.
2: Yeah, Jonathan Reed.
0: Jonathan, Jonathan Reed. Reed, come on down. <laughs>
2: oh, apparently we have many friends in common. Not baseball friends. Weird. Jonathan, who are you?
0: Yeah, let's, get, <laughs> let's get into some personal stories here. What's <laughs> happening? All right, MP, and tell me when to up.
2: Funny. Stop.
0: All right. We got Adam Siegel. You win. He lives in East Harlem.
3: Right. I didn't even
0: know there was a such a thing. East yeah. Harlem. I thought it was just Harlem. Uh, East Nicely Harlem. Nicely done, Adam. All right. So uh, that's Share, it. Share, you win. Boom. Share and Getting win. free stuff. I don't know if we're going to have any of these next week, but. Uh,
1: so that was for the Iron Throne Mr. Matt.
0: Yeah. Wow. And when they send the third, it's definitely staying here. <coughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll see you next Thursday. This has been an orange and blue thing. I am Darren. and that's Pete McCarthy. Thanks for hanging. And Lizzie. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Let's go Mets.